folks, this is Moggs, welcoming you to another episode of Moggs Musings. Hope everybody there is doing well. Today I'd like to share with you a topic that I think is germane to this time of the year, near Thanksgiving, and the topic is entitled Contentment. And the reason I chose this is that this is a topic not only for this time of the year, but for any day of the week, any month of the year, any year of one's life. And that is learning how to be satisfied and contented with the blessings that we have. And I think sometimes as Americans, we can be criticized a bit on being the kind of people that are never satisfied, always looking for something more. And there is an element of truth to that and value to that, but I think sometimes that um, rules the roost too greatly. And we want to look at that a little bit more today, how to get started with it. So uh, we're going to start out with the topic, Choices for Contentment. There is an expression that's always been near and dear to my heart, and it says this, quote, enough is always just a little bit more than what one presently has, unquote. And let me say that one more time. Enough is always just a little bit more than one presently has. And I hope that sinks into us a little bit, because that's what we're going to talk about some today. It's because culture's voices tease us with its urgings. Not large enough, not new enough, not hip enough, not wealthy enough, not attractive enough, not smart enough. Now that is not to say that one should not desire at all, for desire is part of human nature, but it becomes a problem when desire begins to compromise one's essential values, when desire overrides one's underlying principles and priorities, or when it rules and controls one's actions in a negative way. Furthermore, discontentment draws us away from the many blessings we truly possess in order to seek satisfaction for our desires amidst the flea market panoply of more. It distracts us from gratitude and a sense of sufficiency, like the foolish man who is said to, quote, spend money that he does not have for that which he does not need, unquote. Contentment, rather, is a lifestyle. It's not one satiated desire or another. Instead, it is a process of being satisfied and grateful for what one has. For there is so much goodness in life that we overlook because we're always looking beyond ourselves for more. In that light, one might do well to recall the parable of the farmer who possessed the goose that laid the golden eggs. Do you remember that one? Originally, the farmer was quite content with his life, satisfied with harvesting his grain and feeding his livestock on his small farm, which was sufficient for all his needs. But one day he purchased a goose and soon discovered that the goose would lay one golden egg per day. Quite surprised, he took the first egg to a local jeweler in town and discovered its worth 
and began selling the single golden eggs laid by the goose each day to the jeweler. The farmer soon became quite wealthy. But eventually, as his wealth increased, so did his greed, for he became dissatisfied with only receiving one golden egg daily. It simply was not enough. Fueled by his desire for more, he killed the goose, thinking she contained within herself more than one golden egg, only to discover none. The farmer's unquenched desire now only produced barrenness. Contentment begins with finding joy in the simple pleasures of our senses. One can choose to consume greedily and ask for more and more, or one can choose to slow down a bit and taste the joys of everyday life with satisfaction. You know, an illustration of this can be found in the simple joys of eating an orange that's described by Susan U. Rhodes in her book, The Roar on the Other Side. And she writes this, which I think is a wonderful way of teaching us to take a step back and enjoy the simple pleasures of life that we so often blow right through. She says this about eating an orange now, quote, It's big as a softball with thick, bright, fake-looking skin. I dig my thumbnail like a spade and begin to loosen and tear the hide, exposing a white webbing, a kind of packing material. A tang fine as sea spray scents the air. The globe is seamed and perfectly sectioned. I break the threads to release each segment, fat as a wineskin, and slide one into my mouth. The juice was bottled in heaven. I am certain. As I eat, it drips from my fingers and lips, lavish and miraculous, until I eat it all, leaving a film of sweetness like gold leaf on my face. Unquote. <laughs> Can you ever describe something as well as that? I don't know. I can't. But it brings the issue to bear that we can, just as easily as what she describes, mine golden nuggets each day. We can find those blessings and those simple joys in the busyness of our lives. So one might ask, how does one do this? How does one mine these moments of delight and appreciation within the rocky edginess of everyday demands for more? How does one combat the winds of culture which shout out, not enough, not enough. Here are some of the steps I turn to when I find myself dissatisfied. Now, every person will want to make their own list. But here are some germinal ideas that may stimulate your thoughts about your own life and your own perspective some. Here's number one, and I think probably the most important. Don't compare. To do so... To compare is to ask for disappointment. There will always be someone smarter, someone more attractive, or someone who has a bigger house. To use the Old Testament terms of Scripture, do not covet. Number two, recognize and accept the fact that there are certain things in life one cannot change. 
Go on with living and do what you can do to bring something positive into each day, not only for yourself, but for others as well. So it gets you to looking beyond yourself, outside of yourself, towards the lives of others of need. A third thing is to start each day with the desire and intent of introducing something new into the world that is good and enduring, and give it away freely to others, whether it be a smile, an encouraging note, or a simple prayer. To go along with that is a fourth one. Just look at a flower carefully, or a plant, or something of nature, and enjoy its fragrance, its beauty, its intricacies, and thank God as you appreciate it, especially to appreciate His design in nature. Consider the amazing intricacies and variety that He has designed into His fashioning of each human being. We all are made specially in His image. Furthermore, recognize your own flaws and imperfections. Imagine yourself as a hand-shaped pottery, like the imperfections of a kiln-baked cup of clay, flawed with divots and irregularities, but with a purpose. Set one on your desk as a reminder each day of the reality that even in our imperfections, we can have a purpose in the lives of others and in our world. Number six, develop your own what I would call personal contentment zone. It could be a place to go to, like a favorite chair, a stroll in a nearby park, or a place in your yard or garden, or it could be something to do, like playing favorite music, singing a favorite song, reciting a favorite poem or portion of scripture. My brother paints on canvas for something relaxing and peaceful to do. Mine is slowly sipping a fragrant cup of coffee. I buy a good kind of whole bean coffee and grind it and brew it freshly each morning. I savor its fragrance and flavor with a muffin or cinnamon toast. Now and then, I'll add a little cinnamon, or if you went to go rogue, a cup of mint chocolate chip ice cream. Try that sometime. Another thing is to try to read a good book and pass it on. Borrow or purchase a hard copy. Enjoy holding it. Consider its weight, its wrinkled covers, the joy of turning the pages, even its smell. Delight in its authenticity and originality. Imagine the creativity behind the author's works and what that person must be like and what he or she desires to share with you. Number eight, enjoy beauty. The author, Tim Willard, who I know, has a delightful manner of helping one discover the joys of beauty within the fast-paced whirlwinds of everyday life. His most recent book is entitled The Beauty Chasers, but his other books are excellent as well, and I would encourage you to try those, to experience the beauty of the simple things in life and how to appreciate them on a moment-by-moment basis. Number nine, enjoy humor and practice it. Share it with others. My favorite story is one about a panda. A panda walks into a restaurant and orders a meal. 
He finishes the meal, and the waiter asks how he enjoyed his meal. The panda pulls out a gun and fires at the waiter. Then he nonchalantly gets up and walks out of the restaurant. The proprietor runs out and shouts at the panda, asks, Why did you do such a thing? The panda nonchalantly responds, Because I'm a panda. The proprietor says, What difference does that make? The panda responds, Go look up in the dictionary what pandas do. So the proprietor looked up the definition of a panda in the dictionary, and it read, A black and white mammal that lives primarily in China and eats, shoots, and leaves. <laughs> think about that a bit. I had, my wife had to think about that for five minutes before she got it. Anyway, of course, there's always plenty of good, clean jokes circulating on the Internet if you want to spend the time there. Just avoid the hateful and vulgar stuff. Try creating a smile or laugh of the checkout person who is wearing a frown at the store in which you are shopping. Here's number 10. Develop a craft or a new talent as a means of self-expression. Discover the value of creation arising from within your own imagination and abilities. Here's another. Look for or imagine the positive in any situation. That is, Look for and appreciate the full half of the glass rather than the empty half. Just make it a matter of habit that that's the way you approach uncertainty and sometimes frustration. Another is practice deep breaths of silence and gratitude when frustrated or impatient for more. And I think this is something we forget sometimes. Sometimes we just need to take a step back. Take a deep breath and say, it's not something I need right now. It's not something that hurts anyone. And realize that our frustration and disappointment will soon pass. Number 13 is learn something new that's positive every day. And this helps our mind keep working. It helps us enjoy the uh, appreciation of learning. And it helps us understand that we don't know it all. There's a lot about life that we either don't understand or misunderstand. So learning needs to be necessary part of our identity and the persons we are, our self-esteem. Number 14, consider leaving a legacy to your family. This is really important. I think it's forgotten a lot in today's world in that we tend to go from generation to generation to generation and sometimes the newer generations just don't seem to be connected with our history, our past, even of our own family or generation. And it'd be important for us to leave something to them, I think, for them to understand us. Maybe it could be a journal that we kept, or letters from people, or to people, a favorite song, a favorite poem, a special book that's made a very pivotal impact in our lives. It could be a scrapbook containing photos and memoirs or memories. The other thing is, along with that, is to create memories with your own friends and family and record them, whether it be through uh, photographs or uh, a journal. But write down or record those special moments that we have with family and friends. It gives us more appreciation and contentment with the values that we have. 
Number 16 is practice enough. Moment by moment, take the time to ask yourself, is this a need or is this a desire that I have? Number 17, avoid distractions and addictions. One of the things we see more and more in today's society is with people being more lonely, more distraught, more bored. They seek uh, a type of stimulation through distractions, whether it be the internet, movies, uh, or even addictions of cell phone use or social media, or certainly the chemical addictions of alcohol and drugs. So to try to be a genuine self-contained person that doesn't have to rely on distractions or addictions is really one of the more important parts of finding contentment within oneself. And the final thing I would offer is to discover satisfaction in fixing or repairing something, preventing waste and adding a bit of sustainability to our world. Because we're so affluent, it's very easy for us to just, if it's not working, throw it away. And we waste so much in doing that. And it's not only so much the waste, but it's the habit that we develop that if it's not quite right, we throw it away. Instead of trying to fix something or repair something, not only mechanical things, but think about relationships. We've lost the ability in many ways to know how to repair something that's been broken. And that's such a valuable, valuable skill to have as a person. Like I said before, not only in mechanical things, material things, but in relationships with friends and family. Here's the challenge. Practice mining golden nuggets of contentment and gratitude every day. Enjoy the moments. They are never more precious than when after they are lost. (laughs) So I hope that gives you something to think about this uh, Thanksgiving time of the year and really any time of the year to give you more contentment in your lives. I'm going to sign off now. This is Moggs. And I wish you well. Have a great holiday season. God bless. Moggs.